Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm Vicky Barcelona, and what? What is this? BJ Shea, the, hey. no, the show's namesake is here? Look at that. Look at that. We, we actually just, you know, bribed him with the Snickers. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and across from me, also running the board, is Joey Dees. Hello, Vicky. Hello, BJ. Hello, peoples. Ah, yes. Well, we did get BJ back in the studio because he has to talk about The Flash, both the movie and the TV series. Yeah, somebody has to. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a great review already. Yeah, it is. Mm. All right. Well, we're also going to have Vicky review the Super Mario movie. We'll talk a little bit about the Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering set, and we'll have a special announcement at the end, of course, as well as the Geek Sheet with Vicky V. But before then, Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcast, and more. more. But really, just you know, look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and our iTunes to find us, BJ Shay's Geek Nation. Easy. Oh, yeah. and... The Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey. A U D A C Y. Odyssey. You can Sorry. find us anywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, it's. I mean, we had a little vacation, so now we're back. And BJ, there's a movie that's been out. I kind of wanted to see it. Should I go see it? The Flash. I would wait for it to come out on the TVs, you know. Probably uh, HBO Max. Yeah, I would wait for or just now Max, man. Oh, excuse me. It's yeah. now Max. My bad. Yeah, uh, the be- you've probably seen a lot of reviews of Flash by now. I, yeah. mm. uh, I, you know, for me, uh, having watched the television show, there was a lot of rehash. Uh, Ezra Miller, uh, boy, if you thought Flash was annoying because they made him comedic, in the Justice League movie, Superman, whatever the heck that movie was. Uh, it was a Superman versus somebody. I don't know. Whatever Probably. the movie was. Was it Justice League? Not Superman versus Batman. Was it just? Did they do a I, Justice I, League? Yeah, they yeah. did. I think yeah. it was, he was in both, probably. Yeah, he but was. Yeah. He was comedic in the animated series as well, the Justice League. Uh, so he's pretty. I've always thought he was the funny character. Oh, in, I, see, I didn't yeah. see the animated series, yeah, so I didn't when know. When I was a kid, he was always the funny guy. Well, in that case, they've decided to draw on that, which I didn't know. He wasn't necessarily comedic in the TV show. Ezra Miller, though, was okay. I mean, I was like, all right, I'd like this level of comedy, what I saw in the Justice League movie. But then they take it even uh, even more dumb, which there's a reason they do. And, yeah, uh, best part of the movie for me, two, actually, I have to say two best parts. And that is uh, Michael Keaton. Really awesome. seeing him as Batman was fun. And uh, then the new and Supergirl, which I'm looking to see if, in fact, they uh, it would be Sasha Kelly or mm-hmm. Sasha Cal. It's the first movie I think she's ever done. Yeah, I think she only did like uh, one of the soap operas for um, for a little while. Like, but that was a long like a while ago. <laughs> yeah. So I really liked her Supergirl. Not enough of her in the movie, unfortunately. Uh-huh. And um, and the special effects, the CGI, the, the director explained, oh, well, we wanted it to look that way. And it's like, eh. mm. And this movie's been on the shelf for a while, so I just, all of it's just a bit of a mess, uh, in my opinion, and I did not really go for it, but I didn't hate it either. It was just like, eh, I think if I was told to wait, I would have been happy to wait, because the CGI wasn't great enough for me to see on a screen. I I could have seen that on my smaller screen and been fine. (laughs) Sounds like the plot wasn't great. Plot was okay, and then it wasn't. 
Uh, I like uh, Michael Shannon, General Zod. He's always, he's just a great actor. So there were things that could have been great. And then there were things that weren't great. Uh, really, unfortunately, didn't like uh, the uh, Kiersey Clemens' Iris West, just because I'm so used to Iris on the TV show. And she was mm. very different. And don't know why. But again, the movie was done X amount of years ago. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So wait for it to come on your TV. How do you feel like I'm feeling like the whole Batman world and uh, Superman world has been kind of get gotten beaten to death at this point. And there's going to be another Superman reboot, but this time it's going to be done by James Gunn. How do you guys feel about that? Well, James Gunn has done great stuff. So I, it's too bad they didn't get him uh, originally, but right. Marvel had him. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, they had him. They fired him. And so DC picked him up for the Suicide Squad stuff and Peacemaker. And then Marvel's like, okay, no, yeah, we need you back. Yeah. Christopher <laughs> Nolan has done good Batman stuff. So Batman, oh, yeah. the Batman stuff's been pretty good. Uh, yeah, the Superman stuff is... He's just a hard character. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It just hasn't done a whole lot. Though, um, I, I, I mean, Superman and Lois' first season was good uh, on the CW, but then that kind of has eroded a little it bit. It just looks really cheesy. Yeah, I can't. I don't blame you. I mean, I, I, it, it, it was just out of all my favorite C-dubs, like superhero stuff. It was like, oh, this is promising, and it really is like, ah. Uh. Well, how about the show? How's that doing for you? Uh, Superman and Lois? No, 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 Flash. Oh, the Flash TV show just ended. Okay. They, their ninth season, it was their last one. A very, very, very underwhelming series uh, finale. Uh, yeah. That's unfortunate. It's, but the show, frankly, it should have been canceled a long time ago just because they ran out of good stories. Yeah. Uh, they tried to bring every villain back that has ever been in Flash, uh, which is hysterical to think that they had a hard time beating them one at a time. And yet they had them all come back and it was super easy, barely inconvenient, to quote a famous Internet guy, hmm. uh, that uh, they were able to beat him and... And uh, it's just like, you know, the, the, uh, just the character, uh, so many different characters. Uh, Caitlin's character evolved into Kiana, who was a goddess of something. It was weird. The whole thing was weird. The whole thing was. And the sad thing was, is that both Sarah and I love the show and the character Cisco was not brought back for the series finale. Like they couldn't find a way to bribe that guy to come back. Because he was the heart and soul of Team Flash for so long, and he left a couple, three seasons ago. And you think, well, we'll have him back for the finale. I don't mind the new dude they got to take his place. That's cool. Have them both there. Didn't happen. That was sad. So, yeah, the finale also underwhelming. So fl the Flash first, not exactly great in my eyes, movie or TV show, unfortunately. I mean, DC has not been doing the greatest lately. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, some people really like the Flash movie. And and they were DC fans, so it's like okay. Well, if you're a DC fan and you liked it, that's really what's important. I've never been a great DC fan anyway, so I was not a yeah. Honestly, the only reason I wanted to go see it was to see Michael Keaton. Like I need somebody that's to worth just, it. Just need to cut it up for me and just give me the Michael. Yeah, Keaton Yeah, he's parts. worth it. I really <laughs> I, I, Michael I, Keaton cut. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and Michael Keaton, Supergirl, General Zod. I mean, those are some of the highlights. Maybe a little bit of the Barry on Barry. I won't tell you what that means, but the Barry on Barry stuff. Sounds like a great smoothie. And, of course, just like any great movie, if they cut 20 minutes out of it, it probably would have been a lot better for me. But, again, hmm. two and a half hours of that, I didn't. I, you could have cut a lot of stuff out of that movie. <laughs> and that's not my complaint with just that movie. You know I've been complaining about that with a lot of Marvel movies, too. Fair enough. Yeah, well, the worst movie is the more you're going to want to cut out of it anyways. <laughs> it's just I think that they they don't have to. I mean, it's such fan service, but then I don't know what fans are like and what 
the Flash was about. I guess some. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just, you know, but I mean. Well, you know uh, my thoughts on time travel. So. Oh yeah, well, yeah. That's why you know, uh, Strange New Worlds. Don't watch the last episode. Uh, um, no. Can of course, as of this airing, there's another episode, but there was. Why? Episode why? Episode three everyone... was good. Was it no. three? Three or four? Whatever. It was good, uh, but not for Joe. Well, every Star Trek series has to have a time travel episode. That's of a fact. Of course. You, you have, have to. to. That goes all the way back to the original series. I actually like the latest uh, Strange New World time travel episode with uh, Captain Kirk. He's in it. I'm, sh- I'm so Well, w- Lieutenant Kirk. Let me guess. There are no stakes because nothing matters. This is kind of, it's a, it's a, this is a canon fixer, even though we've switched gears a little bit. They fixed some canon uh, about the whole con stuff because that was supposed to take place in the 90s. And of course, we realized that didn't take place in the 90s. None of the stuff that they predicted in the 60s took place in the 90s. So they kind of fixed the canon with this episode, which I guess is at least they're trying. They're trying to say, hey, that was kind of goofy how we predicted that in the 60s and that didn't happen. I can't wait. Yeah, you're going to love it. I'm going to love it just like The Flash. Yeah, you probably will. Watch, I'm going to. Hey, Vicky, yes. Super Mario movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. I heard you saw it. I saw it many times. Many oh, times? multiples. Okay, so. I did have my cousin and her three girls and my little brother over at my house uh, for a weekend. So four kids under the age of 10. Wow. <laughs> well, Vicky, that's five. Yeah, five. Fair. I mean, <laughs> the old, one of the oldest girls almost taller than me. So that's yep. heartbreaking. Whoops. Uh, that being said, they were really obsessed with it. So I decided to purchase it. Uh, you, you can currently purchase it on a lot of streaming services. Oh, I got it on Amazon Prime. Okay. I had a little digital, you know, some currency or whatever. Uh, so I bought it that way. It will be coming to Peacock on August 3rd. Ah. I definitely don't think it deserved all the hate it got. It got a lot of hate from people, and I think it was because of Chris Pratt. Really? Because uh, people have been like on the fence about him, like whether it's uh, anybody who was like a huge Chris Pratt stan. There was the Anna Ferris, you know, why did you break up with her haters? And then you have the people that like he's more religious. So you have those people hating on him. There's just a lot of mini controversies that have built up. Why does and, that even matter? Uh, yeah, there's there's some things where I'm like, I can maybe see your point, but calm down. Like it's let's see the movie for what it is. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know if he said anything from a philosophical standpoint to make you hate him. Look, people have their religious belief systems. As long as you, you know, you don't hit me over the head with it. What do I care? Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he's not with somebody that he used to be with romantically, why is that? That my business and that happens to people. Sometimes that happens. And they're both like they seem to be cool with each other. So that's awesome. Okay. That being said, this movie is only an hour and a half long. That's good. And it is phenomenal. I might, Wow. I phenomenal wanna, when everybody's hating it. Yeah. When uh, it has gotten an audience score of 95%. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Tomato meter is only 58%. That's not phenomenal. Right? Like it, it blows my mind. Like the amount of kids I hear just singing the Peaches song. The Peaches, 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 Peaches. It, this is movie has... A fun plot. Visually, it's a lot of fun. It, there's a lot of nostalgia in it. Great soundtrack. Like, I need a hero. And, oh, it is just so much fun. There's been many a times where I'm, like, talking to my little brother. What do you want to watch? He's like, uh, okay, you hesitated, so I'm going to put the Super Mario movie on instead. So let me ask you this, because I the only thing I think people would be, the other people that might be hating it are the Super the Super Super Mario fans who basically grew up with the entire universe and that would be you. That would be mm-hmm. Joey D's. And those are the only people I think would go, this just did not do Mario well. Do you feel like it's a good Mario movie? I think so. All I right. think a lot of people complain the fact that 
it wasn't the original voice guy for Mario, although he was in it. I think he played his dad and he played another character. So for those who were like, oh, no, this poor guy is missing out on this opportunity. He was still in the movie and they were worried, like, are you going to make Mario sound like it's a me? He had a Brooklyn, New York accent. And hey, I, how you it was <laughs> you could hear that it was Chris Pratt, but it was different enough that I felt like I wasn't watching another Lego movie. Because I hate that when you're watching animated shows or movies and it's like the same character over and over again, yeah, same voice. Things awesome, okay? Yes, that's mm. like him and Luigi, which was Charlie Day. They had the Brooklyn accent. Charlie Day's good. He's like, like it, it was a lot of fun. The nostalgia, it's silly. Donkey Kong was Seth Rogen, and there was a little bit uh, of like trying to be prove that you're good enough for dad. Which was, you know, the big, the big con. Ninety-five percent between fifty-something percent. I think at that point, if you're a critic, you've got to you, you miss something. Yes, you miss something if the audience loved it and you didn't. I think critics have got to figure this out because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that much of a disparity. You have to take into account the property and not just the movie sometimes, and go, okay, for a Mario movie for the audience, how did it do? Uh, it's a tough one because fan service is one thing; shouldn't mm-hmm. make a good movie. But on the other hand. God, you're so off with the audience thought. I don't know, man. I don't. Uh, I think critics got to figure this out. And I feel like a lot of the Easter eggs, they were subtle enough. Because there's some things where I'm like, I bet that's an Easter egg, but it wasn't in your face annoying. And I think Well, they're was... not supposed to be. That's why no, they're exactly, Easter eggs. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy ca- uh, kicked ass oh, as Princess Peach. Oh, that's the, uh, the chess girl. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Queen's Gambit. That's it. And then Jack Black as Bowser. Oh, hey, that's the the School of Rock guy. Yeah, so I pride myself in when I listen to a voice, like I could tell you exactly what actor it is, especially big name voice actors. He does not sound like Jack Black. Oh, really? He does a really gravitas bows or like, oh, it is phenomenal. The only time you're like, yep, that's Jack Black is when he starts to sing because he is the one singing Peaches. Oh, the big hit. Oh, yeah. No, it is so much fun. I think if you have kids, watch it. If you don't have kids, watch it anyways. It's going to be, if you have Peacock, free on Peacock, August 3rd. Look at Vicky. I got a lot to watch. You want me to yeah. watch it without kids? I should save it up. Maybe yeah, they save me. it. Watch it with your, like, you know, do a movie night with your daughter. Uh, she, Call uh, Joey over. She, she likes different kind of movies, unfortunately. Like, oh. you know, you Just know. give her some box wine. She's fine. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> box wine helps everything. I know, right? No, it's just so much fun. It's sweet. It got a little bit of like the, you go into Bowser's world and it's all metal. You got these, uh, like, uh, what are they called? Dry bones playing metal or some regular uh, toads or what? Not toads. Oh, the you shell are, guys. You are an animated movie aficionado, yes. though. Oh, uh, yeah. You yes, really I, are. But I am very picky. Now, I don't like every animated movie. And you I like a lot of them. I like a lot of them. I don't like every adult animated show, which I have talked about plenty on the podcast. Yes, that's true. You, so. But you definitely like the Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks. You oh. tend to like them more than anybody that I know in my friend group. Fair. But even then, like the newest Pixar movie, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Oh, is it Elemental? Elemental was like the lowest opening weekend for Pixar and like, like ever. I didn't quite get what it was about. It didn't really have any draw for me. No, I think the idea is like, I mean, you have all these different characters and people that are different elements, but if you can't, you mix one, they will, like if you get the fire with the water, one will die. Like, See, didn't they do sort of kind of that with the emotions? Yeah. That's why I felt like I was like, didn't we already do this, Disney? Yeah, it just, it didn't, it's, it, I don't really care to see it. There's a few that I haven't seen yet, and I just like, eh, do I want to? So, but right, other well, ones. Well, now when they come free, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, even then, like I still haven't seen Lightyear. Uh, oh, you're I, right. I haven't seen Buzz Lightyear either. Mm-mm. I keep forgetting, and I wanted to, but I didn't want to. Yeah, I did because it was uh, Chris, uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yeah. But yeah, no. They, I but just, I heard it was like, eh. 
eh. Yeah. Like, I still haven't seen all of Frozen 2, so there's still a few oh, where I'm just like, Oh, well, eh. leave the podcast. Uh, you haven't seen I'm Frozen out. 2. I'm out. Damn. Uh, but yes. That I, is I, such a shot against Olaf. I don't even know if I can continue. <laughs> the snowman? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, Olaf, I appreciate that you actually knew that. It's the only thing I know about that <laughs> That's show. all Joey knows. Yeah. Uh, That's right. But I feel like if you guys ever do watch it, I would love to hear what you think. Cause I will uh, send you a text. Oh, no, I'll send you a thread. I'm on threads now. I'll send you a thread. Oh, oh. gosh. Yeah, I'll do that. Well, I'm, I'm I'll, thre- I'll thread you my review of mm. Mario. Thanks. <laughs> Three stars. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, look at that. Joey knows my review. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick update to everyone on the podcast about the Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering one Ooh. ring. Oh, yeah. yeah, the one, the card that I heard was worth $2 million. That's right. Well, it has been opened. So if you have bought packs, if you have packs in your cart that you were thinking of buying and you wanted to, well, you know, you're not going to be able to get that one ring anymore. Yeah, that's that, that was big news. Is it like the lottery where they can tell you where, like, in this state... The pack was purchased. I would assume so. Just because that individual car is worth so much, they probably have to track it somehow mm. to make sure that it's in a pack, you know. Yeah, as opposed to counterfeit, which you know a lot of people try to do. Exactly, yeah. But it was open, I believe in, oh, I can't remember where, but $2 million, gone. The, the dream is dead. I didn't get, my friend didn't open it. He oh. bought like 30-something packs. Oh, gosh. Yep. Yeah. He did open one of the Dwarven rings, though. Oh, that's cool. Which was like 250 bucks. That's pretty good. Well, you go from two million to two uh, hundred fifty. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, that's a bit of a step down. It's a decrease. Was it even purchased in this country? Yeah. I oh, believe so. I would. I would have put money that it wouldn't. Really? I don't know why I would have thought that that oh. would have gone to one of the. Well, that's. I guess I think it was this country. Uh, according to one article, it says it was found in Ontar- Ontar- the Ontario, Canada, Canada. Canada. I so wouldn't this- have. Th- I wouldn't have thought North America to be honest. Continent. Because even even though, you know, because magic's printed in so many different languages, they could have easily put this anywhere, this one ring. That's true. Yeah, yeah. so I, yeah. I am shocked that it uh, that it's uh, in North America. It's in English. Yeah. Well, sort of. I guess it's in a special language anyways. Elvish? Oh, Elvish? Maybe? Yeah. It's probably in uh, Sauronish. It Sauron-ish. looks Elvish. <laughs> yeah. It's probably it's not, it's in Hobbitese. Yes. Yeah, I don't so. know. I'll be excited to see how much that card is actually worth, because I know it was probably bought for somewhere around $2 million, but... It's amazing to think that Magic said, here's what we're going to do. And in the, it's been over 30 years since Magic the Gathering was created. Hasbro now owns it. Of course, Wizards of the Coast, a Pacific Northwest Washington-based company, uh, that they said, we're going to make a card so rare, the rarest card ever made in collectible card game history. And I couldn't believe that it was valued at $2 million. That was being bandied about with, uh, uh, by my buddy Matt at Zulu's Board Game Cafe because he sells a lot of Magic cards on the secondary market. And... So far, that is true. Is this person holding on to it? Are they going to auction it off to somebody? Because you got to get someone willing to pay before you can actually say it's worth it. You can say it's worth it, but until somebody pays. I believe it was a bounty. So a card shop had put that money up, essentially. Wow. I mean, put it up as an offered it. But we'll see. I mean, again, that's yeah, a big lot of, that's a lot legal of stuff to go through. I mean, and- I suppose, like, if you're a rich Hollywood celebrity that loves magic, like the Joe Manganiello that loves D&D... I mean, well, the card could be worth more later yeah, on. You yeah, never know. somebody might pay. That, and just over the years, just continue to go. This was the only one ever printed. There are collectors. There are people. That's and a lot of money. I, I don't see it going down the road of the Beanie Babies. So I Man. think it's safe to to hoard. And I wonder how often they're going to do something like this. That is another great question. Now, you won't have another one of these cards because it is a specific, unique one of one because it's been printed on. But they could do a, well, now we have the one Harry Potter wand. 
or something. Oh, you know? sure. Like, though it made sense with Lord of the Rings, the one ring, of course, but. Is there a property you would love to see Magic the Gathering do a thing with? They've been doing a lot. They're like, doing Doctor Who. Oh. Which may get me. I may ask Joey, let's go to a pre-release just for that reason. Aw. Uh, I don't know. That'd be interesting, though. One that I'd want to see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They could have a they could have a foil TARDIS. Just one TARDIS. One TARDIS. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's only had one TARDIS. <laughs> Has he only had one Fez? Uh, he's only had know. one Fez. Yeah. Well, he's had a couple of Fezes now that okay, I think about it. Not. Yeah, never mind. Uh, That's tough. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that might get me back. Uh, it's been a while, just because of COVID and everything, and I haven't done a pre-release in forever. Uh, I was tempted to do a pre-release for One Ring, but it was too late before when I said, oh. "Hey, I should do that." And I was like, "It's already." Out. But yeah. I looked at the uh, spoiler list. It's kind of stoked at how they were able to put stuff in there and make it still magic. I like it. I know a lot of people, Joe, have complained about all the properties that Magic has brought to the game, all the other IPs, if you will, and I think it's terrific. After 30 years, what are you going to do to make something different? Yeah, very true. And like you said, it had great flavor, and it's I assume it sold very well based off of Well, those boxes the were much more, the packs were more expensive than the regular pack, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, you could buy regular packs, I guess, but if you wanted the chance at the One Ring... You had to buy the special collector's pack. Guess what? They weren't cheap. Hey, printing money over there, Hasbro. Smart move. Yeah. Well, it seems like that was a success, from what I can tell. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, unfortunately, no uh, One Ring, but you can still have fun. They still have the uh, draft packs you can buy as well yeah. that are fun, because I have done some of those drafts with some friends. Very enjoyable. I did not win. Mm. Bilbo let me down. Oh, sorry, Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, let Joe down in magic. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that was a special Aww. song that, that was, Leonard Nimoy yeah. sang years ago yeah. just for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, moving on from that, you have a special announcement for everyone, BJ. Yeah. Uh, wow. This is, I mean, it's not very special, I guess, in a way. It's, it's bittersweet, sad, whatever you want to say. Uh, it's been over 10 years since we uh, have been doing this podcast and uh, frankly, last August, we uh, unfortunately got some uh, tough, tough uh, s- sort of personnel changes here at the company. We work for a company. We Our day jobs are at a radio station. For some of you who may not know and don't live in uh, Seattle, uh, we work at a radio station, a rock station, KISW. That's our day job. And oh, over 10 years ago, our company said, hey, we would love it if you did a podcast. And so... Uh, we all got together and said, hey, as geeks, what do you say we do a geek podcast? That would be so much fun. And I always was a fan of what Chris Hardwick was doing uh, with his Nerdist podcast. And we were lucky enough to do stuff with Chris on our main show, comedy-wise, with his comedy career. And so he was an ins- inspiration. Will Wheaton uh, had got to do – I got to do some stuff with Will Wheaton back in the day, back when they used to call, what, 500,000 followers a Wheaton on in- on Twitter. <laughs> Back before the Elon days when Will Wheaton was like one of the big luminaries in Twitter. So it was a lot of fun to work with those guys. And I got inspired to do a geeky podcast. And because a lot of us uh, were at the station who were geeky, we were like, let's do this. And we started uh, close to when The Walking Dead premiered. I think we were a little bit ahead uh, before them. But um, we've been doing it for this long. But because of the personnel changes, it has been a struggle uh, to get this podcast every, to you in every way, shape, or form. COVID really did wreck a lot of things, um, and uh, un- it's been unfair to both you and Vicky. I've asked you guys to do this, but you guys have a lot of stuff that you have to do. I myself wasn't able to do the podcast on, a, on the regular like I used to because of other things that I've been doing. 
but the one person that we lost, uh, it was it, it was devastating because that person was the heart and soul of putting the podcast together, getting all the subjects together. It made it easier for us to do what we did. And when we lost that person, it's just been difficult to do this podcast. It really, really has. And much credit to both of you for really making it happen. Why am I saying all this? Because uh, we are going to put BJ Shea's Geek Nation, the podcast, on hiatus. The Twitter page and the Facebook page will still be rolling. There will still be stuff posted. Uh, Frankly, I don't know what it is, but we seem to get a lot more people actually interacting with both of those than they actually do with the podcast itself. So we've decided to take that message and say, you like the stuff we do for those sites better. And we will continue to do stuff like that when we go to gaming conventions. And uh, we're going to make an addition where, for instance, if there's a movie that comes out or a TV show that we want to talk about, we will just do videos and post them on Twitter and post them, and maybe on threads. I don't know. I'll let you guys decide Man. that. Okay. And post them on uh, Geek Nation uh, Facebook page. Because that's where a lot of you are. Most of you seem to be there. A lot of you seem to be there. So that's what we're going to do until further notice. Will this podcast come back? Don't know. If my schedule frees up, who knows? Um, But right now, yeah, the podcast is going to take a hiatus. And we do not know for how long. So it's indefinite. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Letting everyone know that, BJ. As well as we want to give special thanks to, you know, People like uh, Gareth von Kallenbach, who yes. does a weekly interview segment with us. Uh, Gareth has been tremendous at sharing so much great information with us uh, about so many different geeky things. Uh, don't forget skewedandreviewed.net. Yes. Uh, please continue to visit Gareth's site there because Gareth's been doing this for a long time and he's been a fantastic addition to our podcast. And of course, you know, the PGA crew, Josh and Sean, which we did the Board Game Alliance uh, podcast with. Still good friends. I still game with them. You'll still see some videos with us from time to time at different cons that we go to. And uh, Dragonflight in, C- in the Seattle area is coming up. And you may see a video from us. We'll see. And, of course, there's always Penny Arcade Expo, Emerald City Comic Con, maybe Penny, and, of course, Dice Tower West. You know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be bopping around to certain things, and you will see some videos, again, on the social medias. And, of course, Zulu's. Of course, you were to mention Zulu's about Zulu's Board Game Cafe, which uh, I can't say enough about those guys. Those guys have been great partners. They have supported the podcast. Uh, they will still continue to support uh, us uh, on our radio ventures. We have a podcast for our radio show that Zulus is going to be a part of. You'll be hearing them mentioned from time to time. We will be broadcasting, doing things with them. Some of the videos will probably be from wherever Zulus is camped out at a con. Uh, they are a great board game store, the FLGS of the Pacific Northwest. Support stores like that, they are fantastic, as Zulus proves every time. You pay a little bit more money as opposed to like going to Amazon. But Zulu, but you know, those, those friendly local game stores are just, so they really, really are great people like Zulus. Uh, we got to thank some people that used to be on this podcast. Uh, you remember uh, Nature's Candy, Brandon Jerwa, oh, one, of the, one of the OGs. I can't think of that line. Whenever I hear that song, Nature's Candy, I always think of Brandon Jerwa. Yeah, Brandon was so much fun, and I, I I wouldn't have met so many great people like Chris Walker, who also was on this podcast. Would never have met Chris. Chris and I, great times playing games over the years, and that was due to Brandon. Chris also a great addition on our podcast. So thank you to Brandon, Brandon Jerwa. Thank you to Chris Walker. And because of those two, we met the wonderful, the lovely Mark Rahner, who uh, – I also consider a dear friend and really, really enjoy Mark. And uh, there are, I, I think Brandon and Mark are in L.A. somewhere doing great stuff. 
they're down there doing something in the great land of La La Land. So that's awesome. Uh, Spicoli, who I don't know what he's doing, but Spicoli used to fights and fights and fights about the Joker. I remember with Spicoli, but uh, he was also a great member of this podcast. Uh, who else we got? Oh, Christina Horner, who uh, just a great writer, uh, also a great cosplayer. And uh, she contributed from time to time to the podcast. Just a wonderful human being as well. So that was awesome having her on. When it came to the weird geeky snacks. Oh, I want to thank uh, Tara Thea Harris because, of course, the geeky hostess who yes. we had on from time to time. And Tara also uh, just she's awesome. She's just, just and she's got a lot of great writing stuff that she's doing and she's making a cookbook. Uh, just a great person. Pete Greenberg was great with all the weird snacks that he would he would expose us to, and uh, so thank you, Pete, for being there. Wagner, one of our best listeners, and he actually uh, would come on the podcast and give his reviews about different movies and love Wagner all the way from Brazil, and he actually uh, came up and visited us once when he was in Seattle. Yeah, man. Uh, Mono Nick, who used to work with us on the main show, but he contributed a lot to the Magic the Gathering conversation. And uh, you mentioned, of course, uh, Josh and Sean from the Board Game Alliance uh, and Zulus. And finally, last but not least, uh, the heart and the soul of this show. This was a person who I said, hey, man, I I think this would be great for you if you could become the person that not only produces BJ Shea's Geek Nation, but you also host BJ Shea's Geek Nation. And that was a little weird. A lot of people thought it was nuts. It's like, BJ, your name is on it. I go, look. I already host a show, the main show. I would like to just be uh, like a, a second mic, third mic. I, you know, I, I think that this is your opportunity to grow into a great host, which he did. The Reverend Enfuego, which if you wondered who was that mystery person that we lost, we lost the Reverend Enfuego. Happy to say that another company has picked him up because they're a smart company. And I'm happy that he's doing well. Just saw a post from him, and he uh, says he's doing well. This was a great loss. We tried our best. But really, the guy was the guy, and this is why the podcast had 10 years of success, because the Rev put his heart and soul in it, and it was a good podcast with him. I'm not saying that you and me and we didn't do, but if not for the Rev, there would be no podcast. And it was a quality podcast because of everything that the Reverend Enfuego did. Uh, Justin is his name, uh, and... Uh, it was a sad, sad day to lose him on the main show, but also a sad, sad day because I knew this podcast would never be the same. We've been able to weather a lot of storms because the Rev was always here, and this was a storm that I knew that we wouldn't be able to weather because he just isn't here. You never know, though. Like, you just never know if someday the Rev and myself and all of us decide this is something we want to do again. Maybe different terms, even a different name. You don't. I, I never say never to anything. Never say never. But I cannot express how important the Reverend Enfuego was to this. He was this podcast. The rest of us were really fortunate enough to be able to work with him as he put together a masterpiece and a lot of love and I, a, a lot of appreciation for what Rev did for BJ Shea's Geek Nation. It would have been nothing if not for him. Big shout out to the Rev. For yeah. sure. Love you, buddy. Yeah, definitely. So that's it. On hiatus for who knows how long. And we will be doing updates. Uh, and so you'll be getting a, you'll still be getting the same material that you get from uh, the Facebook page as well as Twitter. 
and maybe even some more videos of us talking about movies and stuff and TV shows, Like, but they'll be a lot shorter. But that's okay. Do you need to hear me yapping that much? You don't. <laughs> yes. So, thank you for all the support over the years. I really do appreciate it. Um, oh, you know what? And, and Vicky, I, 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 Vicky mentioned this to me, and I'm glad I just it popped in my head and remembered. I want to thank our friends at Mox, Mox Boarding House. We did a lot of great charity events with them. And Lila and John and the gang, also tremendous to our podcast, always treated us very well. They're a great local game store here in Washington State. Uh, well, they also have one in actually Oregon, and they're about to open up one in Phoenix in, in yeah. Arizona. So the, if you ever see Mox and it's, a, and it's a board game cafe, go check them out. Top, top notch. Quality, quality, folks. Um, that's I, I can't think of anybody else. Anybody else? Did, did we cover it all? I think you nailed it. Vernon Wells? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Vicki. Vernon yes. Wells. Yes. Vernon Wells, great yes. supporters of this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, Gosh, I'm like, an old wait, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they are, of course, a great board game club, like a country club for board gamers. Vernon Wells, also huge supporters and always kind to us. Um, this podcast really was, you know, it's to go 10, 11 years, whatever we did, 12, 15, I forget how long. You need a lot of help from folks like that. And uh, we had a lot of people help and bless this thing that was uh, a, a labor of love. And, uh, uh, and, and I am very grateful to be a part of it. And it's still going to be around in some way, shape, or form, the whole BJ Shea's Geek Nation vibe. It's on socials. And who knows what will come in the future. You right. did, is, is, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You just never know. But currently on hiatus, the podcast. And not only like how many people helped us with the podcast, but how many people became such big parts of our lives. Yeah. And like how many great friendships and moments and weird things we got into, but I would we wouldn't have been able to do any of those or nothing of that would have ever happened had this podcast not started. Yes, my addiction to board games would never have happened yeah. if not for this podcast. Mm. I have a lot more money. <laughs> I want to thank everybody involved. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Your Thanks, dealers. Brandon. Thanks, everybody. Actually, it was uh, Brandon Jerwa and Mark Ronner who got me into board gaming. Yeah. They took me to a uh, jerks. Think, yeah, they took me to a board game cafe, and we started. Yeah, we did Catan. Thanks, jerks, because <laughs> look what it did to me. I have a whole room of my house filled with games I shouldn't have bought. Nah, nah you should have. I continue you love to them. buy. I do continue to buy them. Worth it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thank um, y'all. Oh yes, Joe. Yes, okay. On that note, I think it's time to get to one last final. The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Geek Sheet with Vicky. Vicky, it's Movie Friday. Yes. Uh, I will talk about some movies that came out last week, but I will tell you about the ones that are coming out this week. Not necessarily a geeky movie, but high on my list. Uh, it's in theaters, but I guess you could also watch it on Voodoo if you buy it. So I might end up doing that. It is called Joyride. 91% on the tomato meter, 100% audience score. It is just a comedy. You got four gals that are embarking on a journey. One of the gals is going back. I think it's to to her, to her home country to see if she can find her real mom and dad, you know, now that she's oh, an adult. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard this is they're comparing it to Bridesmaids. Yeah, um, it looks much better than Bridesmaids. Oh, really? Insta- That's... It, well, I mean, it's getting 100% audience score. Really? 91% tomato Ooh. meter. So I'm guessing it's going to... Well, I think that is better than Bridesmaids. Yeah, it looks like all kinds of shenanigans. I definitely want to see this. It's not going to be a family-friendly movie at all, uh, just with some stuff that ends up happening, like... Uh, Involving cocaine and other things. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it at that. Go watch the trailer. It, I definitely want to go see this. Uh, if you're a horror fan, uh, the next step in the Insidious, uh, it's Insidious the Red Door. I don't oh, even know yeah. how many Insidiouses they have. It's the scariest have. movie of the summer. Uh, and 
it's getting 29 percent on the so tomato scary. meter the it's the only it. movie that's scary of the summer <laughs> uh how many insidious movies are there it looks like 11 11 five five oh, only five i was close they've been Very. coming out since 2010 totally yeah well, no. i mean hopefully the budget is low because that way they're making uh, some cash which sounds like they must be if they made four already and this yeah. the fifth i mean i i, I heard that insidious the, some of the insidious ones were pretty awesome but it's okay I well why do they why are they number five maybe in a one two and three might have been okay yeah uh but yeah like i said it's only getting a 20 where'd it go yeah, it's yeah. getting bad. It's not it's, good. It's, the, yeah. But there's only uh, 25%, but only eight reviews so far. So I oh, guess that could definitely change. That'll change. Joey D's, go make a review. Nope. <laughs> go ahead. And the audience is like, I don't know. I'm scared. Uh, there is another one coming out. It is getting 86%. Uh, this is a. It looks like a British film. It's called The Lesson, and it Hello. says it's a mystery thriller. And I keep seeing this. Like, anytime I see him, I always have to sit and think, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? And it's Richard E. Grant. Oh, we talked about Richard him recently. E. Grant Let's is see if so you guys good. can remember what was he in fairly recently. Uh, yeah, I know what he. I only remember from Doctor Who because I'm just a Doctor Whovian guy. <laughs> what What was he in that besides Doctor Who? The Loki series. He was That's classic right. Loki. Yes, yeah, he's so good. I forgot. Yeah, he, I forgot he played old Loki. Uh, uh yeah, so Richard E. Grant is fantastic. This movie stars Richard E. Grant and uh, Daryl McCormick, who was in this movie with uh, Emma Thompson. It's about a male gigolo, basically. Oh, Gigolo Joe. Let's go. Uh, but it was actually, I actually did see that movie, and it was really well done. Uh, so I definitely recommend checking out. Oh, you've that seen one this out. movie? The, the, the one where uh, Daryl McCormick plays a gigolo. It's called uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Oh, this isn't the movie with Mr. Grant? No. All right, I'm following. I'm trying, I'm trying to explain who Daryl McCormick is. I, I think fell he off might the track. Be, might be somebody that is worth watching, but okay, they are then. both in The Lesson. The and Lesson. It's Liam, an aspiring and ambitious young writer, eagerly accepts a tutoring position at the family estate of his idol, renowned author, J.M. Sinclair, played by Richard E. Grant. Ah! But soon, Liam realizes that he is ensnared in a web of family secrets, resentment, and retribution. Oh, you don't want that. No, but like I said, getting 86% on the tomato meter in theaters. Uh, another one that's coming out this... Uh, that, Actually, it looks like it had already come out, but I'm thinking it's like a re-release. It's called Biosphere, and it looks like it's a sci-fi comedy drama starring Sterling K. Brown and Mark Duplass. And it's in the not-too-distant future, the last two men on Earth must adapt and evolve to save humanity. Well, Mark Duplass, the Duplass brothers, if uh-huh. you remember those guys, they make some good stuff. I don't know if Mark has written this and if his brother is involved, but... Uh, if so, uh, always good stuff. It looks like Mark Duplass, yeah, is one of the writers as well as Mel Eslin. Who, ah, yeah. don't know that name. Nope, but nope. I like Mark Duplass. Um, he was in The League, if I'm not mistaken, and also did a movie called Safety is Not Guaranteed, which I really enjoyed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was not too familiar with him, but I really do like Sterling K. Brown because he is beautiful. But this looks like a silly, like, what are we going to do? Kind of biodome vibe. They're trying to like grow food and everything. Oh, biosphere it's called? Yes. Because I was thinking biodome with Polly Shore. Yeah. And I was thinking of Stars on Mars, which they've been doing. (laughs) They're basically in a Mars biodome. And yeah, it's uh, unfortunately McLovin was voted out in the first episode. Yeah, so it was tough. Wah, wah. Yep. Uh, But yeah, if you guys don't want to see those, you still can go see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. 88% audience score. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and the critics are saying, I mean, the critics say it's fresh. It's 68. Yeah, I might wait. 
for it to come to my TV. Probably Disney Plus. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I have Disney Plus. Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, 82% audience score. And Nimona, 93% audience score, 93 tomato meter on Netflix. And uh, to be continued. Yeah. Stay nerdy.